Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Living with Hope podcast. This Advent season, join Pastor Colin as we look at joy, hope, peace, and love, and how a you catastrophe impacts them all. Merry Christmas. We are just a few days away from from Christmas Day, and I am excited and ready to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. I think, yeah, just as this has been building, as things have been going on and been talking about Christ's you catastrophe into our lives, I am overwhelmed perpetually just as I talk and think about these holy and wonderful things, how great God's love is for us. And that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about God's love for us. You know, the final Sunday before Christmas Eve, when we write the, light the Christ candle, we, we light the love candle and we celebrate God's love for us and this this building of anticipation I often feel like this should come at the very beginning of Advent Advent because love is really like the motivation behind everything that God has done for us uh, and you know creation itself comes out of the Holy Trinity's love for one another and this overflowing love that spilled out into creation and and our very existence and then as we we fell and as we as sin entered into our lives, love then is what spills over from the Trinity again into the incarnation to redeem God's creation all to himself through the very means by which sin took it away and that our own doubt took it away. And so here we are days before Christmas talking about love and and I'm excited because like I said, from the very beginning, all that God has done for us has been motivated out of love. We are, we are created in God's image, in his own image, made because of love and out of love. Uh, you know, we've, we talked about uh, uh, joy, hope, and peace, but these all flow out of God's great love for us. And we can see this in, in scripture in different places, but, I, you know, I love uh, Philippians 2, 7. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, this idea that God loved us so much that he came down and put on flesh and moved into our neighborhoods, that he he came to dwell among us in our likeness, not slightly apart, not slightly above, but one of us, taking on flesh to show us what it truly means to be human and truly means to love our neighbor as ourselves. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life because of this love god's love and then first john 4 10 not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins in other words while we were yet sinners christ died for us just truly this reality of god's love just permeates all of scripture you know i love in Isaiah 54, where it says, For the mountains may depart, and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. Or Isaiah 43, where, once again, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see, throughout Scripture, we can see and read and 
and feel God's love. But one of the things that I think that we need to be cognitively aware of is the fact that God's love is not an emotional love. Because if we were to, you know, think about how we react in situations and how we, you know, love and and respond in love, that, that ooey-gooey feeling that sometimes people get, you know, when they fall in love and, they, and love at first sight. And it seems very whimsical and wishy-washy. And I have to admit, it's the Christmas season. We're seeing a lot of Hallmark movies, those Christmas Hallmark movies, and they're all based on that emotional love where there's that, that, that first glance or, or the baker sees the customer for the first time and, and, and she just desires him. And, and he, they go through this whole crazy story and then they eventually fall in love and open up their own bakery or whatever happens. But there's something about love that is more concrete than that when it comes to biblical love, which is trying to describe God's love, which we do experience. But do we fully grasp what God's love is? Like the depths to which God created all things and sustains all things out of the Trinity, this this deep relational uh experience that God has that I, I can't fully understand because it's the three in one and out of that communal relationship of love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, out of that flows creation and creation falls and, and out of that, that relationship of the Trinity, even though the creation is now no longer good in the sense that it has fallen, God still sustains it and works on the process of redeeming it with people, not in spite of people, but with people for the redemption of all things that were placed under the human. So God follows this path and it's this love of action. And I think that's the really the big difference between like the emotional love that we kind of experience or think about more often that we we have in songs and in movies. That's more of an, this emotional love. And, you know, I think oftentimes I think that's why. Um, people struggle with biblical love because, you know, human love, it, it ebbs, it flows, it, it, it flares up in passion and then it dies into cold, bitter resentment. But God's love is this steady, ever-present love of action and sustaining. I like how Sky Jatani puts it when he says, uh, the sort of love that Christ calls us to engage it with is far more than our emotion. It's, it's act, it activates our will. It's apart from feelings which few of us can control. Real love means to will the good of another person. And just that idea that, that to will the good of another person. So when it comes to like love our neighbor as ourselves, it's we desire good we want to will good into existence we want to will good into the life of our neighbors and that's god's what we see in john three sixteen, which i think is so often quoted but we kind of miss how god wills good into our lives through jesus christ that's that is a deep amazing sovereign love that god has for us that god so loved the world that he wills good into the world and what is that goodness? It is himself. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. We've been talking about eucatastrophe, and this is, this is truly um, the most 
amazing breaking in of goodness into our reality, God's love for us and the realization of that love and really then struggling with it, how it plays out with the suffering in the world and how God's love also works with our wills and how God works with us and not in spite of us. And he doesn't override us, but he works to be a part of us and he comes and dwells amongst us. You know, we've been talking about Lord of the Rings, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Eucatastrophe uh, uh, literary device. And there's, there's, a, there's a few scenes in the Lord of the Rings where the Eucatastrophe of love really comes to play. And it also shows the interpersonal play of how human, or in this case, hobbit emotions, kinds of ebbs and flows. And it's when, when Frodo and... Uh, He's kind of his, he's carrying the ring and he has his interaction with Smeagol or Gollum and he hopes or desires good. He, he wants to will good into Gollum's life to kind of redeem Smeagol. That there, if there's hope for Smeagol, then there's hope for Frodo. And we get this beautiful interplay between these two characters where um, Smeagol or Gollum, I guess, is trying to kill uh, Frodo to recapture his precious, the ring. And Frodo is trying to recapture the good that is inside of Gollum, which is him, his old self, Smeagol. And there's this play, and Frodo is, is trying to will good into Smeagol's life. And I think it gets played out so beautifully well, the, inter, the internal turmoil of Gollum and Smeagol in the movies. Really, they really capture this character. But in the end, you know, he's overwhelmed with his insatiable self-desire for that which is tainting him and that's kind of a reflection of sin but Frodo is trying to will good into Smeagol's life but ultimately he fails because Smeagol isn't able to receive it and doesn't actually believe that Frodo has his best interests at heart and that is often how we feel towards God we don't think that he always has our best interests at heart and I think that's why the incarnation is so powerful because it's this exemplary act that he does have our best interests at heart, and he's willing to step into our mess to bring cleanliness. And this is a testimony to us that when we desire good for somebody else, it's not because we have the right way of viewing their situation, but it's that we're willing to enter into their mess with them to bring and will good into their lives through God, the founder of our love and our and this goodness. It's not because we have the right way of doing it and we can impose this upon them but it's because we desire good for them and are willing to sit in their mess with them and to bring the incarnation of christ that has impacted and transformed our lives through the eucatastrophe that it is that it is to bring it into proximity into somebody else's life and to love them and care for them to pray them to speak love and blessing into their lives to will good into their lives through an act of love that isn't emotional but can sit across from somebody else who's going through a hard time or is causing us a hard time and still want to will good into their lives. So what is our call to then at this Advent season? Well, you know, in Matthew 22, I've already referenced it a couple of times. It's the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are actions not just emotions. It's not just about saying that you love somebody. 
and then leaving them where they're at. It's actually loving somebody enough to step into their lives and be a part of it and be a tangible expression of what God has done for you, where he stepped into your life, into your mess with his love, with his salvation through Jesus Christ. You're now going to step into somebody else's and represent that as salt and light, reflecting God's glory into their lives and desiring good for them, not to override their situation with having all the right answers, but when the opportunity comes to speak the truth in love. And this is really a hard challenge because I think sometimes uh, I've been guilty of this. I speak a truth into somebody's life when they're not ready for it or it's unsolicited. So even if I do it in the most loving way that I can think of, and it's the most truthful thing that I can think to speak to the person, if it's unsolicited and unwanted, it's probably not the right time and it isn't going to be received as love. And that's a difficult thing because look how God view catastrophes into the world. He, he comes, he incarnates as, as Jesus, as the Son. And the Holy Spirit then is sent after the Son. And guess what happens? It's received as love. It's received as a good thing. And so when we love other people, when we want to express our love and express the truth of the gospel and what the eucatastrophe of the incarnation means to us, well, if they're not receiving it as love or as a good thing or us wanting to will good into their lives, then maybe we're going about it the wrong way. Maybe it's right for us, but maybe it's wrong for them. And that means that maybe God is calling us to spend more time getting to know the person or stepping deeper into their, into their lives, into their mess, and re letting them realize that we are with them and we are for them, that we aren't against them or trying to, um, you know, wash away who they are. But we're just trying to be a part of God's love being expressed into their lives. So I want you to step into this with caution in the sense that don't let it be about your good deeds, but let it be about God's glory and his goodness and his greatness. Because he is such a gracious father and he is such a gracious God that he would, he would stoop so low, as Calvin puts it, stoop down so low to become human. You know, it, it's such a beautiful thing. And I want to encourage you with this final verses. You know, I've talked about, a lot about eucatastrophe and just to think about how, uh, how Sam... Samwise Gamgee desired for Frodo Baggins, you know, he wanted to will good into Frodo's life through the whole journey of carrying the ring towards Mount, Mount Mordor, to Mount Doom, to, um, to Mordor, in, and Mount Doom in Mordor, sorry, get that right, and to toss the ring in, to destroy it, to, to give hope to, um, to the world, to their world. Fr uh, Sam is this expression of love in action through the whole thing. You know, he carries Frodo, he feeds Frodo, he helps him bear his burden, uh, but he, and he tries to offer as much help as Frodo is willing, but he never oversteps how much Frodo wants. He never overrules Frodo. He, he always does what's best for Frodo to the level that Frodo's comfortable with, even when they, they get in a fight and that Frodo thinks he's trying to take the ring from him. So how can we express this love, this actionable willing goodness into other people's lives this Christmas in our COVID world. Well, guess what? God is an immensely creative God who broke love into your world in the most eucatastrophically creative way through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. 
It might be a harder year to express love to other people, but brothers and sisters, those who are listening, we can do it because our creative God has called us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if he was so creative that he actually came to earth, it blows my mind. That is beyond my comprehension of redemption. Uh, to, if it wasn't spelled out, if it wasn't lived out, if it wasn't shown to me that through those in, in my life all around me, it just blows my mind. That's not how a human would think that a God would bring love into their lives. It's just God is so creative with how he has redeemed creation unto himself through and by the work of Jesus Christ, which is for our benefit. And so this Christmas, be creative in expressing love to your family, to your children, to your grandchildren, to, to your parents, to your aunts and uncles, to your community. Be creative. Be careful because it's still a COVID time, but be creative because we serve and are loved by a creative God. And you can do it. I know you can because he first did it for us. We can love one another because Christ first loved us, because God first loved us and incarnated and came and dwelt among us. So this Christmas season, be blessed because God loves you God wants to will good into your life and there is no greater good than the incarnation and the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ when we are redeemed unto God himself. Brothers and sisters, Merry Christmas. Christmas and Happy New Year's, everyone. Just wanted to let you know that there won't be a podcast for the next two weeks, but I'll be back in January with more Living with Hope. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>